0: Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley, and I'm Ty Turley, re- recovering
1: a little bit from being sick. Reed, what do you do? Dis- what do you do to stay sick? I mean, not sick.
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan of like the the hot shower. Open up, open up your congestion and stuff. Mm. That's a pro tip. Yeah, there it is. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Richard Jewell, the, the Clint Eastwood. Uh, movie, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about our favorite Sam Rockwell movies. Ty, what did you pick for this one?
1: Well, I looked up his filmography, and I haven't seen a lot. I'm definitely picking Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri,
0: which, okay.
1: which is probably the movie that
0: everyone knows of his. I think the one that I'm I'm going to go with is Moon. Is that worth seeing? I think it's very good. He's kind of a, it's like kind of a lone man story, and he figure some stuff out about, about his situation. I think it's it's compelling. And it's maybe one of the earlier Sam Rockwell movies that I, I don't know, paid attention to or understood that, I don't know, when I was more aware of what was going on with movies.
1: Okay, I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, I think Three Billboards. I mean, he won the Oscar for it. He's, he's good in that role.
1: Yeah, he was. I love that. I love that movie.
0: Okay, so on to Richard Jewell. Is this a story that you were aware of? Kind of in the, in the moment, in, in 1996,
1: or? Yeah, Reed, you... I'm older than you. We get it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, don't, I honestly don't remember the security guard situation. I do remember the bombing, um, but I, don't, I didn't remember that this happened with the security guard. I didn't remember that it took him six years to find the real guy.
0: Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And just how he, I don't know, he gets so steamrolled in this movie and, or I don't know, maybe lets it happen to himself. I, I love, I don't know. Let's talk about the, the main character, uh, Paul Walterhouse. I think he does a good job in that role.
1: Yeah. Paul Walter Houser.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought he was really good. I mean, that's an interesting moment in the film where they show a clip of the real guy, right. Um, in the interview with Katie Couric.
0: So yeah, oh, do they switch that?
1: I'm pretty sure it's the, not him. That is interesting. You didn't notice that though? No, I didn't. I didn't. I could be wrong, but I think they did. But anyway, I thought based on that, they, he really matched the cadence and the, the Southern style really well. I mean, I think I think he must have done a really good job of doing that. He seems obvious. I mean, this is obvious, but so dumb. Like, but he's good. But just, I guess maybe the point is he's not dumb. I don't know. I went back
0: and forth. I, not, not aware. I, I don't know. Or Yeah. Naive. Naive is a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, just frustrating. Like you sit there watching him not shut up and you just, I, I don't know. When I was watching it in, in the theater,
0: I was on my edge of my seat saying, like, shut up, dude. All right. Like they showed in the trailer, but they get him to make the phone call. When, and you, yeah. you don't have any, you don't have any context in the trailer, but in the movie it 's like, "Oh, this is after you 've already been interviewed you 're aware they think you 're a suspect they're going through your house and you 're still going to give them your audio sample like without when you don't have to, but maybe he just had this confidence that he he didn't do it, and it would be proven out that way
1: i don't know yeah, but even if you have that confidence, you don't cooperate with them when they're when they 're actively investigating you i mean it's just really, really not a smart thing to do strategically
0: well, and there are false <laughs> imprisonments we know yeah i mean he's he's risking his his life is
1: at stake. it's really high stakes. I don't know. I read a l article about the true story afterwards, just to see what was fact and what wasn't, and the agents coming to him and saying that they wanted help with a training video that they needed to record immediately was true. They really did that, and I hated that they did that I mean that was really. Despicable,
0: I thought. Oh, they're so slimy! I, they're totally untrustworthy, seeming. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that you know John Hamm in that role is so kind of smooth, but I don't know, smarmy. Like, yeah, they, they could have like, got someone who is, I think, slightly
1: less likable. I think John Hamm kind of is so smooth that he gets the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, you trust. You, I don't know. You kind of want to trust him.
1: Yeah, but really what they the actual agents in real life did awful things. And it doesn't show it in the film, but it kind of alludes to it where the, I think a couple of times that um, Richard Jewell says something like, you should be looking for other, or all the time you're looking for me is wasted and this guy can be doing more bombings. The real life bomber did two more almost immediately. And then they didn't catch him again for six years. But yeah, so if they would have put their resources and they almost, they knew almost immediately that the timing wouldn't work with the phone call. Well,
0: right. And like they, they, the FBI agents base a lot off of that lone gunman theory or lone bomber theory, but then they realize that doesn't work. And they, they switched to a different theory and like, they're just so fluid because they, they think it's Richard Jewell and they'll let any circumstance explain it away.
1: Yeah. I really like Sam Rockwell in this film. I thought he was awesome. I loved his character, and I loved how he, um, just had the right—I don't know—he just had this vibe that was consistent and interesting, and um, you could see how he loved him, uh, but also
0: how he kind of was this very libertarian lawyer. One totally jaded, right? Like some—you know—something has happened in his career where he's out of that high limelight position, but. I don't know, still a good lawyer or trying to do what's right. I think he does. He does a great job also. I agree.
1: It was originally supposed to be Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio. Did you know that?
0: Oh, no. I think that would work pretty well, too.
1: I don't know. Jonah Hill. I don't know if I can believe him being a Southern kind (laughs) of naive (laughs) dummy. I don't know. I really like the last scene or not the last scene, but the scene where he's in the FBI office and, he gets to be s- smart. He gets to be the wisest person in the room. Finally,
0: it is the payoff. I think if if you don't have that scene, he's I don't know, pretty unredeemed. I, I would say, but you're right. He he gets to make those points. He talks about that idea of them not finding the other the gunman. Could, they could be doing something else, or like you know, showing you you don't have any evidence on me. But if you don't have that scene, I know mean, he's almost unlikable for how how he handles the investigation. The Richard Jewell character, yeah, Richard Jewell himself is even unlikable, I would say. Well, he's
1: the yeah, he's I mean, just like the dean of the college, he's not someone you'd like to be around. He is, he does let power go to his head, or or at least doesn't have a good sense of balancing human interest, or I don't know, not compassion exactly, but it's just like the reality of human life with laws or with codes or with enforcing things. He's he's the kind of person,
0: he's the kind of person that I would hate to be around for sure. Well, so rule driven, like there's, it's totally black and white in his mind, I think. Yeah. Well, and then I I mean, we've not talked about the the reporter yet or how the media handled this situation. I guess maybe before we talk about how the movie handled the reporter, I don't know. Do you feel like the media was well represented or fairly represented?
1: Well, I mean, that gets into the bigger idea of this movie. This movie is—I don't know—I I couldn't watch it and not and not keep it separate from the politics of it. You know, we know Clint Eastwood's
0: politics. Did that? Did that get in your way when you were watching it? Well, yeah, it's just so clearly kind of the the lying media. The, but in this case, it does seem like she made stuff up or. Or over... I don't know. Maybe it didn't make some up, but didn't fairly report things. Look, I I think her character
1: is super unsympathetic. Like, I left the movie being really annoyed and just not liking her. I also didn't really like the acting job, but I think maybe... I'd I'd give her the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe that's how the actual reporter was. So maybe it was good acting. But she's just very off-putting in how brash she is. But even if you... Even if you accept that, she was reporting the fact that um, the FBI the F- was investigating him as the as the lead suspect. And Richard Jewell took a lot of news agencies to, to court. CNN and NBC both settled and paid him a lot. But the Atlanta Journal-Constitution never settled and they won in court
0: because nothing she wrote they determined was inaccurate. Because – she didn't cause the investigation. She just alerted people that it was happening. Yeah, I mean,
1: her rush to get it published did probably ruin his life or, or damage his life in some way, for sure. Yeah. There's a reason. CNN had the information, too, but they weren't, they weren't publishing it at the time. Uh, I think they were waiting for more. You know, you don't want to ruin someone's life. I don't know. But it just felt like this movie was totally designed so that the bad guy is the FBI and the and media. Yep. Felt very felt very heavy-handed in that way and I mean I actually liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I think it's so interesting that Hollywood people work with with Clint Eastwood when he has this obvious goal of of these kind of political ends.
0: Sorry, you're saying like why would anyone do that?
1: Yeah, like Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio stayed on as executive producers even though they didn't act in it. But they're they're funding and helping produce a film that very much toes the Trump line that the media and the FBI can't be trusted and are bad at their jobs.
0: Maybe they, they separate sort of Clint Eastwood's artistic vision from that political message. But I mean, I agree that that is hard to justify.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong or they can do whatever they want. I just don't understand it. I would think that they would read the script and say, okay, Clint, you know, we love you and we're glad for the times you've given us jobs, but we can't make we, there's other ways we'd want to make the world a better place besides this movie. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So I guess sort of separating the in movie morality. Do you think it's fair that Clint Eastwood portrays this reporter as sleeping with an FBI agent for information when that's not verified or proven? That,
1: uh, I don't know for sure. I think I'm a little bit divided. I, it doesn't bother me too much because you take a lot of, creative license, or you're allowed to do, you can make it half true. You can make it one fourth true. Yeah. She, um, was a super hard living, crude by all accounts, brash, uh, woman who wore miniskirts and was, and dated a ton. She dated a lot of, uh, police officers in Atlanta in this, in this way that created these kind of relationships that weren't, I mean you, that you don't know. Maybe she was trading things. Who knows? She dated a lot of these people that would be sources for her stories. So, okay, so you, I, I don't think it's crazy that they did that.
0: Well, and then to to have her have the realization that she made the mistake like way later, like oh, he couldn't have made the time, and to see her in the co- in the press conference like crying, it just was so hard. I, I almost laughed at that.
1: Just how much Clint Eastwood's making his point by
0: how sorry she felt about what she did. Like there's no way.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some people, you know, she overdosed on drugs a few years later and a lot of people think it's because she was feeling so much pressure for what she'd done to him or that's the theory. I don't know. Maybe she took it really hard. Well, that's,
0: I mean, that's sad for her too then.
1: Oh yeah. Very sad. Yeah. I, I, I do, I do think it was very contrived. In the movie, I mean, to, to have her crying is making this point that she's been humbled, right?
0: Yeah, it, it, it took me out of it. It just it didn't seem consistent. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, are there other things you like or disliked about this?
1: No, my, the only other thing I really noticed was just I just felt like the pacing was pretty good. Like it kept you really engaged. It kept me really engaged and... um I just felt like it was a tightly told story.
0: Efficient. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. What would you rate Richard Jewell out of five?
1: I'm going to give it a three out of five. Nice. I Uh, would have given it more if I would have, I don't know if the politics weren't so overbearing.
0: uh, I I think it's an interesting movie, but I'm also going to give it a three. I don't, I don't know if this is the kind of movie that I'm, I'm really looking for. Okay.
1: It found you though.
0: Yeah. Well, this podcast has led me to some good and bad movies. <laughs> okay. This was a middle of the road one.
1: All right. This one was my idea. Everyone knows now.
0: <laughs> no,
1: I. You know, I, <laughs> I see. I see them all. Okay.
0: Uh, well, all right. Well, then do you have something else to recommend?
1: Well, I've been watching. I just watched over Christmas break the first season of You. You know that show. Uh, just from Remy watching it, but I I have not. It was creepy. I'm not sure it made me a better person, but it and it uses a lot of voiceover. Okay, I and I don't know if you want to learn about a guy who kills people, watch it. Oh, he does kill people. Yeah.
0: Spoilers. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a <laughs> podcast of spoilers about the movies, not the recommendations. Holy cow! Oh, sorry, everyone. that's fine. Uh, I, I also recommend a TV show. Um, And I've been watching the, through the, the mentalist.
1: Okay. That's a, it's an oldie and goodie too.
0: Yeah. We were enjoying it. I I never really watched it before. Wait, that's, Oh, that's not about a killer. No, I I get he, they investigate a different murder every, every week or every episode. And there's a different, there is like an overarching storyline. Uh, it doesn't happen quite. For, I don't know if I really love such a weekly procedural TV show. Yeah. I want the I want the storyline to cover the whole season. I think that's what I like more.
1: Yeah. That seems like more common now, but a good procedural is okay. Every once in a while.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's it's enjoyable. It's fun to try to figure out the mystery along with him. I think they usually give you enough clues. Uh, so I like that. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of two brothers review the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. I'm
1: Ty Turley. I'm going to take a hot shower tonight too. You guys keep eating your vitamin C's. Yeah. Stay healthy out there. All right.
0: Bye. Bye.